0: Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message.
1: Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just fix our attention onto him. The King of Kings, there is none like him. Put aside the distractions and focus on him. You are worthy, Lord. All of heaven declares your name. all of heaven declares that you are worthy you are worthy worthy are you and in the midst of our brokenness i pray today that you would hear our hearts cry that you are worthy that would put aside the things that so easily distract the worries the burdens the things that we carry And we would fix our eyes onto you, Jesus. King of kings. King of kings. That we would capture your heart. Father, that we would capture a glimpse of your heart. That this wouldn't be a show, it wouldn't be a religious moment, but it would be a moment of pure relationship with you. Lay your burdens down. If you're sitting here and you have things that you are carrying, I just encourage you to lay them down right now. Literally, just picture yourself laying them at his throne, at his feet. Thank you, Lord, that your burden is, your 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 yoke is easy, your burden is light. For anyone who's feeling heavy right now, carrying weight they shouldn't carry, Lord, I pray that they would just feel a lightness of peace, that it would come. And I pray, Father, that you would come and visit us in a way that only you can. I pray that you would stir a hunger in us, a hunger that is uncommon, a hunger that is rarely seen in people. I ask for an uncommon people in this church, people who aren't afraid to have a different spirit. Lord, people who are the Joshuas and the Calebs, take us deeper, take us further. We are sick of playing church. We are sick of just doing the normal Take us to the place where we walk on the water with you. God, have your way. And in this moment, Lord, that your presence fall. Let it rest on the people. And Lord, those who feel broken right now, I pray for healing. Those who feel depressed, I pray for joy. Those who are struggling, I pray for strength. Let your presence come like only it can. Jesus, have your way. Thank you, Lord. Ah. Thank you, Lord. His presence is here. His presence is here. And in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus was walking through the crowds and one person called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And people told that person to be quiet and they just kept saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And we have a moment right now where we could be the crowd, we could just do what we normally do, Or you can let your heart go to a place of Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. (laughs) Because God responds to hunger. And if you're feeling any worry right now or any stress, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because he's the one to carry us. Thank you, Lord. We'll take a bit of time later. Thanks, thanks, Kez. I just um, uh, there's, things, there's things to talk about, things to do, but I just believe that today, the Holy Spirit is wanting to meet with you. Like please today, I encourage you, don't look at my vest. Don't look at my physical, lean in, like be hungry because I feel like a lot of Christians aren't hungry because they're so full of the world. A few years ago, Charlie and I went to Bethel Church in California and she had really, really bad back pain because she was born with twisted hips and some of you know this story, but I'm going to share it again. And so when you have twisted hips, your back is always trying to realign itself. And since we've been married, she's had this pain. And we went to all these physios and doctors and everybody to try and get help. And nothing would really help. And I said to her, "I said when we go to Bethel, to a conference, I said, we are going for God. And we are going for healing. And it was a determination that I rarely have because it was one night Charlotte was doing an exercise that one of the specialists gave her. She had a tennis ball and she was going up and down on her back against the wall. And Anyone who's had back pain here, you would know what, what, what it's like. And she had tears coming down her face. And I just, she's a tough girl. She's had chronic pain most of her life. And I just said, enough, enough, God. Enough of this. This isn't the best you have for our family. And we went to Bethel Church, and I'm telling you, we got to every single session early. We even went to the church to sit outside the church, like the, the courtyard here, just to sit, just to be around. Like, we were so hungry. Like, you remember that? We, were just, we just sat outside, We were just random, just sitting outside of church, going, God, we are here for you. We are here to encounter you. We want more of you. We are desperate for you. We are not going home without something from you. And I remember we we're sitting outside and some college student, because they have a college there walked past and you've, you might have heard this story, came back and very hesitantly gave us a prophetic word which was extremely accurate and powerful. And she kind of was half apologetic and half, like, I'm sorry, to, like, and where they're like holding back tears because she's just being obedient to what God's told her to do. And every meeting, I'm telling you, we, didn't, we never got there late. We got there an hour, half an hour, hour early. We were lining up to get in the room. We were hungry. Every altar call, we were on the altar. Every moment, even, not, even when there was no altar calls, we were asking for people, please pray for us. Please pray for my wife. Please. We were desperate for a miracle because when you are desperate for that, when you are desperate for a touch from heaven, nothing gets in your way but it is so rare to see that I don't know many people who have that hunger and one night we're there in worship and we're pressing in and if you've ever needed a miracle you know what it's like to press into God when the doctors can't help you anymore and you're going and we're praying and we're just interceding and we're going for it in worship no worship leader had to say come on lift your hands we were there Like we were just going for it. And I put my hand on Charlotte's back and I was just speaking in tongues. I was praying for her and there was a click and her hips were healed. And we came home and we got an MRI and it proved that her hips were now realigned. A couple of years later, she fell off a ladder and hurt her back again. (laughs) Different part of her back this time. There's just something about being people who are genuinely, genuinely desperate for God. And the challenge for us is that we get so full of things. Social media, people around us, family things going on, your workplace, personal dreams that you haven't seen, a whole bunch of noise. And we, we fill ourselves with other things, and God says, "If only you knew that you just need to fix your eyes on Me." Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, if we become a church who is ravenous, ravenously ra- is that the word? Hungry for God. I mean, you come and sit out here in the courtyard during the week because you're like God's presence is here. That is a a push away from being familiar. And it's a dive into hunger that is rarely seen. Our city hasn't seen that. I would say our state hasn't seen that. And I would even say most of our nation hasn't seen that hunger yet. We have moments of it. Your crisis causes you to have moments of it. But there's something holy about coming to God when you're not in crisis as well. And yesterday we're at this this is, uh, you're okay, you're over here. There's something else I wanted to share, but just prophetic beniahs coming out. We're at this regional day, and again, the, the guys who volunteered, from my heart to your heart, thank you. you. You created a safe place for pastors to just receive, and only pastors get that. Only, only especially senior pastors get that. And I had a lady come up to me in the courtyard. I've never seen her before. And she says, she goes, I had a vision about your church. She says, I saw your church as a well. she said, on the South Coast, your church is a well for other churches, for other people. I said, you know what? You're very accurate. (laughs) I was like, yes. And then then I was speaking to another pastor. And he, he came up to me and said, as I saw, I just saw you the, the church. Because Charlie and I try and make a bit of time for ministry. And and he just said, I just saw the word, word encounter. He's like, he's like, encounter church. He's like, I'm not telling you to change your name. I said, it's probably about time we did actually. It's been a few years. <laughs> <laughs> encounter church. He just went, he, he said, I'm just in this room and I'm just encountering God. He's like, you get up there and I'm just encountering just something... And and he's someone, he's hungry. And I'm just like, we have something in this place which we don't actually realise the power of because we get caught up in things that don't matter. Like we really do, we get caught up in the the practicals, the property, the, you know, the seating, the sound, the the songs, the, the, the preachers say the right thing, whatever it might be, it doesn't actually matter. Honestly, there's, there's people having. Have you seen Reinhard Bonnke's Crusades? Yeah, where he's preaching to a million people in Africa. Literally, it's a sea of people. They travel for weeks to come and just sit to encounter something of God. That is when God will turn up. Do you know that? That is when God will do something that is different to most churches in our nation. Now, other churches have different things going on and that God's still blessing them. Our church is still being blessed. But there is something deeper that God has for this house. And I I just want to encourage you again. Like, if you're in this room and you have been broken, it's okay because God will heal that brokenness and perfume comes from brokenness. Wine comes from broken grapes, yeah? Your brokenness is not the enemy winning. And it's not the enemy won. And anyone who's been so broken that you can hardly walk knows what I'm talking about. Some people, some young people, you haven't had that yet. At some point in your life, there's going to be a high, high chance that you, life will do something, something will happen, and you will be on your knees. Yeah. Yeah. But the beauty of the gospel and the gospel of grace and the beauty of the anointing on this house is that my ultimate prayer is this. People would come into this place, this whole property, which is why working bees is so powerful, because I want people to sit out here and enjoy our beautiful, our beautiful gardens and our beautiful place, like, to just enjoy the presence of God. So please help. If you can garden, help. Because I can go, this week, Ange was out here, over there gardening, the kids' rooms, with little Jack over here crawling around in the dirt, eating rocks. (laughs) I I was over there, and she said, I just want to make it presentable and nice for the pastors coming on Saturday. I was like, oh, she gets it. She gets it. A young mom who's working, who's got a family, who runs our kids' ministry, gets it. We can all get it, though. And the beauty of this house is this. The anointing of God is here to heal. Oh, would, you, would you let your spirit partner with this? The anointing on our church is not a self-seeking gospel or a self-seeking We are here to go, hey, there is a river of God, have a fresh cup of water. And I know people in this room who have gone through brokenness, who are here, who have found healing, and who are now thriving because God gave them a fresh cup of water. Because somebody on a Sunday said, hey, let's go out for lunch. And that's the power of this house. I get discouraged when there's empty seats because I think it's not our calling. I get discouraged when, you know, winter's here and half of the, the church is sick and, you know, I'm, I'm still natural. I'm still a man. But I see in the Spirit what God wants to do. Yeah. And what God wants to do is local, national and global. Yeah? yeah. 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 Oh, let your, if, if this is going over your head, yeah. I'm sorry, but I, I, it's just those who are letting your spirit light up in this. Because this is the ultimate dream for me. You hear it? It's that we would have people from all around Australia and the globe come and sit in our seats just to receive healing. That our worship team would understand that so when they're worshipping, they would go, we're going for God to heal people. When our events team and our host team are serving, We're here to be a place of healing. When our kids' ministry is serving and they're looking after these, because I tell you what, people, there's a reason why Bombardier Train Station exists. And it's not just for the tourists or for those who work. It's for people to fly into Sydney, get a train down to Bomo and catch a shuttle bus that we can provide to be here to receive something. Because you've got to understand, church, there is a corporate anointing Like there's individual. Like if you know people who are like, I don't go to church. I have my own, my own walk. Okay, you can be a spiritual cowboy. Yeah, you can just be unto yourself. But there is something special about a corporate, a coming together, a joining together, where two or more are gathered. He is there. Do not neglect to meet together. The Bible says so to come together. And post COVID, you know, YouTube churches are everywhere. I go to church on YouTube, it's different to being in a room with people, it is different, we all know that, but there is an anointing on our church, guys. I feel like, this is what I feel like, I feel like John the Baptist in the desert going, prepare ye the way of the Lord, prepare ye the way of the Lord, and I don't know if you're going to get this, and I don't know if we're going to be the generation that dies in the desert. But there is a chance, if we lay a hold of it, that we can be the Joshuas and the Calebs. Because our nation and our world is full of brokenness. And I'm telling you, a, I've got a big heart for pastors. I want to see pastors come from all around the world to come and sit. And you will see them in our seats and they will weep for days. And you will think, what's wrong? And they will say, everything's beautiful. My church banged me up, my church made me go through things, my family's falling apart, but here my dreams are revisited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to speaking to the men tonight so if you're a man, make sure you come along. But I'm, I'm going to speak to the men about confidence. Godly confidence. Um, years ago, I went through a season and my confidence was knocked, really knocked. I mean, I had no more confidence. Confidence in the call of God on my life, confidence in my ability, confidence in what I bought. And Charlie wanted to marry me. I wanted to marry her. And I said to her, please be aware that you're marrying a broken man. And I really meant it. I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shattered right now. My, emotions my spirit my heart everything's just a mess i said so but i said i'm committed to wholeness that's my commitment to you okay i'm committed to getting whole i'll I'll do whatever i have to do to get back to what i need to be in god i said so pray about it she came back and said i feel like god wants me to marry you still okay good that sounds good (laughs) we're pretty honest now with marriage so I went and saw a counsellor for six months. I went and saw, it was actually a Christian psychologist up in Sydney because I said, I'll do anything. I'll go, and as a pastor to go to a counsellor, that's my job to counsel, is isn't it? No, not necessarily. I went to someone who was a professional and we're driving home, and it was really helpful. We I mean, were driving home one day and we were coming over the hill just outside your house, actually, just in South Nara, over the highway. And I turned to Charlotte and I I said, I just had a picture of dirt and a little green shrub just coming through the dirt. And we both just started crying in the car, just, just wept because it was just this moment where I felt like God said, it's time to dream again. It's time to know that there is a rebirthing happening. And from that day forward, there was this growth of confidence, of healing, of God. And it was just this amazing moment. And, 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 and so as someone who has been through that type of stuff, my heart is to say to people who are going through that, we want to be a well of refreshing. And we don't want to be a selfish church. How many times do people leave churches and you ask them why, and it's just a selfish reason? Well, most times it's not. Most times it's God told me. But then you find out months later it was some reason. There was some offense. There was something going on. I'm just gonna be honest, really. And it's just one of those things where would you would you let your faith rise with me? Would you would you see what God has? Um, yeah. Is that okay? I just, I I do want to just, I want to speak to you about the God Zone. (laughs) Why don't you say the God Zone? There is some family news. Ben and Jade are expecting another baby, which is great. That's awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes, to the grandparents too. If you have your Bibles in Matthew 14, verse 28, Matthew 14, 28 says this. It'll be up on the screen. It says, And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he, he was afraid. And he began sinking and he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, are you of little faith? Why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Why don't you jump over to uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says this, it says, and it's, it's Paul speaking here to the Corinthian church. Paul says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ, so that, Christ's power may rest on me. This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. It's one of those verses that are just crazy. <laughs> Can you imagine if if you put Facebook statuses up, boasting about your weaknesses. We have to understand that the God zone, that the faith zone, the provision present zone is in the weakness zone. God wants to move through your weakness more than your strength. Do you know that? We're naturally built to be like, no, no. We've got to use our, and I believe in gifts and talents and that type of thing. God gives that to us, but there has to be an element of weakness in our life, and that's when Christ's power rests on us. One of the questions that I get, I mentor a bunch of uh, people in church, and one of the questions I get is, how do you stay motivated, you know, going after things, going after things in God or in life? And and this is my response to them. Charlie and I, since we've been married, have always had an area of our life where we have to see God move or we're going to fail. It's true, hey Charlie? There is always an element in our world that we are believing by faith for something in God that only he can do. We have this thing called comfort, and comfort is something that's natural. I love just being a couch potato. Sit on the couch, have some good food, watch a movie with my wife. It's great. When we brought our couches, we visited so many shops, and we had to sit in those seats. We thought you can't buy a comfortable couch online, we have to go and sit in the seat. We love comfort it's a natural thing well our natural man loves comfort but the reality is our natural man is also built for exercise i started walking get my exercise up i'll keep doing that the way that you build muscle is you lift weights and your muscle fibers break down they tear and it's rebuilt, and that's how your muscles get bigger. Your muscles are actually a result of discomfort. There's a reason why, if you exercise, your brain sets off endorphins. Because naturally, for you to work, your body to work, your brain is saying, that is good for me. Spiritually, God is in the discomfort. Let me explain it. So we have these two zones. We have a comfort zone. It might be up on the screen. We have a comfort zone and we have a thing called a faith zone. The comfort zone is small. The faith zone is big. The faith zone is what I call the God zone. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. The Bible says in Chronicles that God searches the earth for faith. And we have this challenge today. Uh, I pray we, we get, get this because it's actually, it'll change our church in a good way. Every time I've gone to a new level in God, it's required me to be uncomfortable. Please hear that. Every time. When I was asked to be youth pastor... I was uncomfortable when i was asked to be the pastor here i was uncomfortable when i was asked to do things at bible college i was uncomfortable god dwells in a place of discomfort why church not because he's mean but because in that place we must rely on him the question i have for you is this what areas of your life are solely reliant on God to do something, or are you going to fall over? And please, I'm not talking about crisis. So I understand that when we've got health issues or, 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 or finance issues or whatever, that's it. That, yeah, rely on God. Go. That's weakness, too. But there's something more than that that you would have faith to see things not yet seen, which causes you to be uncomfortable. Why are you uncomfortable? Because you have to rely on God. So we'll just go to the next slide. Thanks, Dave. The comfort zone is the zone of different things. It's the zone of stagnation. Has anyone ever seen a pond that hasn't got fresh flow coming into it? It's just, it's a, it's a, it's just the perfect grounds for all types of badness stinky disease (laughs) when i was a kid i shouldn't there's no kids in the room we would go down and play there's actually a creek behind our church in the bush and when when i was a kid we'll go down there and play down near the creek and when it hadn't rained for a while that got really stinky (laughs) like you'd see like oil coming up out of the like just like i don't know what was in there like if you're gonna dump a body that's probably one of the places My wife's like, don't say that, don't say that. Don't dump any bodies. I'm just joking. Don't, oh, gee. That might come back and haunt me, that one. So, kingdom is this kingdom is the rivers of God flowing from you. The rivers of God flowing from you. How's the river flowing today? So, so this is what I do. Whenever I speak to people, whenever I get time with people, my, my goal is always the same. It's to cause the river in them to start to flow. Through encouragement, through prophecy, through prayer, through listening, through whatever I need to do in that moment, it's trying to cause the river to flow because a flowing river is a clear, healthy river. The river is found in the faith zone though. The comfort zone is where you get stagnant because you get too comfortable and you sit on your butt and you think, oh, I'm just comfortable. Yeah. And that's when you see people get negative, get attitude get familiar, get unfruitful, because what happens is they become stagnant. Another thing is in the comfort zone, it's a place of self-reliance. Why do I need to rely on anybody else if I'm comfortable? God, what do I even need? I'm comfortable. Like, it's, it's all, let's just, no, no, Peter walked on the water and no doubt it was very uncomfortable and you can tell because he started getting freaked out by the waves. Do you know that only one gospel records Peter walking on water? Matthew. I wonder why the other three didn't. And I actually wonder if it's because they didn't walk on the water. Peter was one in the twelve who walked on the water. And statistically, that means one in twelve potentially in this room is going to be the one that walks on the water. Or we could break statistics and say, let's all walk on the water. Yeah? So we have this thing of self-reliance, or we have this thing in the faith zone or the God zone called God-reliance when you step out of the boat and God has to cause you to walk on the water or you're you're going to sink. And this is where Paul says, listen church, I boast in my weakness because I've got this revelation. Listen to it, when I am weak, then I am strong. But then he tells you why, because power then comes. Paul Paul is like, he's a very smart man, Paul. Paul, he was very, very smart if you study him. But he's saying, listen, I am weak because I know that when I can't do it, God can. And then when God does, who gets the glory? God does. Imagine a church that lived in such a place of faith and expectation that they had continual testimony of what God was doing. Comfort zone is boring, no legacy. You live for yourself. You take it to your grave. Faith zone is a kingdom legacy. A comfort zone is safety, perceived safety. It's normal. It's staying normal. It's comfortable. It's what I like. But really what it is, it's staying small. I put it to you today that the moves of God we dream about are only found in the faith zone. They are not in our comfort church. We will block the move of God if we are a church of comfort. That is a lot heavier in the spirit than what you realise. The Aussie church loves comfort. We love it. We love to be... Same people, same chairs, same music, same coffee, ah, oh, just just be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And God says, "Do you know that revival's in the discomfort? Yeah. 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 Do you know that? Yeah. And if you don't believe me, read the, read the scriptures, look at the miracles throughout Scripture. Yeah. They were all in places of discomfort. They were all in places of inconvenience. In the faith zone, there's breakthrough. There's a reliance on God. There is a legacy that is left. There is God provision in the faith zone, in the God zone. There are testimonies and there are miracles in the faith and in the God zone. Your world goes from being small to being big because you get God's perspective when you're in the faith and the God zone. We have a chance today to realize this, but this is what I want you to realize, all down to this summary. When you see an opportunity to be uncomfortable, embrace it. Why? Why would I embrace that? That's crazy. Because God is in the discomfort. Why? But well, what does it make sense, Benaiah? When I am weak, that is when his power rests on me. How do I get to a place of weakness? Well, you know that for you, for me, it's doing things that I am scared of, I am uncomfortable with. Our miracle offering is next week. It is a holy moment for our church. It is a holy moment for our family. We, we, our, our faith goal is to give more than we did last year and it's going to cost us and right now it's not very convenient it's very inconvenient in the natural but we have something in our spirit we say we will embrace discomfort because we know that when we are weak we are strong are you getting, getting what I'm trying to say? What if you doing something that made you uncomfortable for the kingdom was where the move of God was? Like, we're, we're, like well, I'll, use, I'll use an in-house example. Oh, serve a team. Serve somewhere that you really enjoy. Wait a second. Why don't you go serve somewhere that's going to make you uncomfortable? Just so you have to rely on God. That's the level I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not so good with the kids. Go, you know, get your working with children's check. Go spend some time down there and learn how to be great with kids. Just be nice to my son, and I'll be pretty happy. It's all good. Yeah, I'm not good at talking to new people. Join the new people team. Do it. Because this is what happens, guys. When you get into a place of discomfort, you are weak and God's power then has permission to rest on you. Who here wants to have God's power rest on them? Okay, I'm giving you the biggest key, one of the biggest keys you'll ever hear. It's in your weakness, it's in your discomfort. That is a good, 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 good message because our nation loves comfort. And our churches reflect it, by the way. Listen, how many churches you know who are overflowing with people? Like, I mean, like people getting here through the week to sit in the courtyard because God's going to move. Not many, if any. Why? Because we're comfortable. But you know what? We're good people. Like us, I, we, we want God to move, yeah. We, but we want it often our own, our own parameter. I use the Bethel Church as an example. The kids ministry there. People go to that church, they only have a certain capacity, and so kids don't get into the kids program. So they have to be in the service. If there's ever a turn off for parents, it's my kids can't go to kids church, I'm going somewhere else. I know that because I'm a parent. No, people are more hungry. They will be uncomfortable in the service with young kids because they are expecting something greater. Now please hear the wisdom in all this. God still wants you to have moments of comfort. He still wants you to be content. The Bible says be content in all things. But that isn't everything. There's the other side too. The side of faith. The side of relying on God. The side of seeing miracles. The side of seeing him do things that only he can. So how do we cross over from the comfort zone to the faith zone? Just before I finish. Number one, you be a person of action. Uh, I know it's, I, I don't feel warm. I'm warm. This jacket's too warm. Puffy jacket, warm. <laughs> Who here wants to go from the comfort zone to the faith zone? Yeah? yeah. yeah? And if your is no, revival isn't going to happen through you. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty black and white. I know it is. It's scripture. When you are weak, his power comes. Yeah. how do you become uncomfortable well the first thing is actually hear from God faith comes by hearing God hearing the rhema word of God hearing the quickening word in your heart and then let me give you this massive massive key and it's so easy action action if you want to overcome fear let me give you the key Action! Hey, this should be a bigger amen. I'm scared of, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. Go on the door and greet people. But it's hard when I get a bit nervous. Stand there and shake their hands. I do whatever whatever I can and I'm an introvert. Why? Because I'm doing it unto him. We have this example in the Old Testament of the Israelites who get taken from Egypt and for 40 years are in the wilderness and they finally get to the promise of God, the promised land, the prophetic place that's been spoken. And it says they they send the spies in to spy out the land. How many of those spies came back with a good report? Two. Most of them, the other ten, didn't have any good report. They saw the giants. They saw the fruit. They saw the promise. They could say yes and amen to the promises, but they saw the discomfort of taking on the giants, and they said, we are happier to stay in the wilderness And that generation missed out on the promise of God because they were more into comfort than they were discomfort. But two said, yes, Joshua and Caleb, they had a different spirit. Statistics are against us. But two out of all of them said, we can do it. But Joshua and Caleb, if you read their story, it wasn't just walking in, there's a big parade. Hey, have some grapes, have some honey have some milk, it's all good. No, no, they had to go on there and fight to take the promise of God. This church is blessed with a rich history, lots of prophecy, lots of God speaking, lots of deep wells that have been dug over many years. But the question is this, are you going to be the generation of Joshua and Caleb that says, we will do whatever it takes to see a move of God? Will you do, will I do whatever it takes? Or is it in my criteria? Is it in my box? Now, I know this isn't an easy word to hear. Why? Because I'm telling you to get uncomfortable. (laughs) And no one likes to hear that. But the reality is this. God is in the discomfort. When I am weak, his power rests on me. So we have this moment, church, where God has spoken. You heard me prophetically speak again today. This is our call and God's presence is here. The anointing of God is here. And we say in our hearts, yes, God, yes. We say yes and amen. And God says, okay, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> How will you get uncomfortable? Because you have got to realize that King David said this, that I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing. So I put it to you, can you offer a sacrifice that doesn't cost you something? Can I just take it a bit deeper? If you come to to church and it hasn't cost you something, is there sacrifice? And therefore, oh, let's just go there, is there worship? I will offer a sacrifice of praise. Am I messing with some mindsets now? I hope I am. I hope I am. We are fed this thing where we, 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 I had someone say to me once, they said, my service is to turn up to church. And I thought, you idiot. (laughs) Don't call people fools. You know what I mean. Don't dump bodies either. Not not good for anything. (laughs) Now, in saying that, I have so much respect for our mums who have young kids who battle to get here just to get here (laughs) and no one sees the battle just to get them to church okay i'm not talking about you guys you guys are incredible but for the rest of us i encourage you with this turn up to church with a sacrifice every every time we get together Turn up with a sacrifice. And if we teach our new Christians this, then there won't be this selfish well, it doesn't suit me. No, no, you realise that you're saying yes to Jesus. He's sacrificed for us, but now we are living sacrifices. (laughs) This is pretty good, isn't it? So we have to have this heart, the church isn't about me. It isn't about my friends. It isn't about my, 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 my familiarity or what I like or being religious. or It's not, you know, it's not even about my commitment. It's actually about my sacrifice. Oh. And, and let's just go a little bit further with that. What does God inhabit? The praises of his people. I will offer a sacrifice of praise. What does, God pres- what does God's presence infiltrate? the sacrifice and the praises of his people. So I, 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 I say all that to, to, to round it out and say this. Your sacrifice is found in the things that make you uncomfortable. Because it has to cost you something. Next week's miracle offering, pray about it. That's how you should approach it. Don't feel, you know, under compulsion. We're giving to local church. We're giving to national Projects we're giving to, we're adopting as a church um, through compassion, you know, five different uh, kids around the world. It's going to be amazing. We get a chance to be bigger than just our church. But ask the Lord what your sacrifice would be. Don't ask me, don't ask Charlotte, don't, ask Him. It's between you and Him. That's how we approach it. And so, in conclusion, Let's be a church that boasts in weakness because we understand that his power rests upon us when we are weak. It's so opposite to what we're taught. You've got to be strong. You've got to have it together. You've got to be, be all things. You're okay, Kaz. You can stay sitting. Thank you. Sorry. I don't mean to embarrass you. but yet yeah. It's one of those things that as we finish just just get this with me if we want to be a church full of God's power we have to be a church full of weakness are, are you connecting the dots with me you hear that we and when I say the church that's you that's me if who he wants to be a, in a church community with God's power rests upon us and in that we see miracles, salvation, breakthrough, healing. We see heaven touching earth. Okay, well, Paul, thank you for setting it up like this. It's not very convenient. But we will boast in our weakness so that his power may rest upon our church. We will do things that make us uncomfortable because we understand, a pastor taught us, that when there is a sacrifice of praise, that God moves. And we resist discomfort. And this is the final application. When you see something that makes you uncomfortable, like this is, this is how you should live. Ready? Look for things that make you uncomfortable. Things that are going to challenge your personality, your box. Now, I'm not talking about discernment and being uncomfortable with things. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when it comes to your service to God. Look for challenges that are going to cause you to rely on Him. Because that is a person who will live in the faith zone. And that is a person who will live in the God zone. Reject the comfort zone so that miracles might rest upon your life. I think there's angels saying amen around here. I think there's, there's flapping of wings. I think there's, there's something God I'm telling you. Like, we as people could be a bit like uh, the heavens going, you've got to understand this, guys. If we, and ultimately what am I saying? If we, if, this is what I want us to do at the end. Let's offer ourselves afresh as living sacrifices who take up our cross daily and follow him. Yeah? Who aren't bound by our insecurities, our fears, our comfort, but instead say yes to God and say, Lord, I have to rely on you because I'm walking on the water. And I don't like it in my natural man, but I want to go from a natural life to a supernatural life. And the key to go from a natural life to a supernatural life is a life that is not in comfort, but is in faith. And let me just finish with this quote. Bill Johnson says, while we huddle in groups of like-minded people, those with faith blaze a trail that threatens all of our comfort zones. Faith offends the stationary. I'm going to read it again. While we often huddle in group like-minded people, that can be the church, those with faith Lays a trail that threatens all of our comfort zones. Faith offends the stationary. That's why this message can be offensive. It's not my heart. But I just believe God's heart for us is that we just offer ourselves on the altar afresh. And we just say, Lord, not not my will, but yours be done. Not my will but yours be done. Kaz, you can come off if you like. And why don't we stand to our feet as we finish.
0: Hi. Um, I'm just going to um, ask my mum to come up, because she was just saying to me just before that she has a testimony um, about this, so I'll just get her to share. Oh dear, I'm getting
2: emotional. <laughs> I've got a really strong testimony to share and to back up what you're saying, Beniah In the other church that we went to, they were desperate for scripture teachers at Bomaderry Primary School. And someone came up to me and said, oh, look, you'd be great. Would you please be a scripture teacher? And um, they did explain, like, they bring in years two, three, four and five, I think, and you're in front of them. And I said, I couldn't possibly stand up in front of kids and give a message. I I just haven't got the confidence. I I can't do it. Uh, And they said, look, just go home and pray about it. And so I did. I went home and I prayed sincerely about it. I said, God, is this something you want me to do? I said, i will be hopeless standing up in front of kids. And and I prayed so hard about it. And God led me to that scripture. When I am weak, then I am strong, because the power of God rests upon me. And I said, Hallelujah, thank you Jesus for that scripture because I am so weak but if I allow your strength to flow through me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I went back and I said yes, I'll do it with God's strength flowing through me in in myself, I cannot do it but if I allow God's strength to flow through me I'll do it. Anyway, it wasn't sort of, I got all the material and it wasn't the first lesson. I think it was the second or the third lesson. One of the teachers came up to me and she said, You are such a great scripture teacher. You are so good with the kids. And I said, I give all praise and honour to God because I can't do it myself. I said, But I allow God's strength to flow through me. So I just want to encourage you, it does work. It does work when you say, I'm weak, I can't do it. He can do it through you. So it's really such, and it's such a privilege. And I remember sometimes going home and crying because it's such a privilege to be able to experience God's strength flowing through you. It's so powerful and such a privilege. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Sorry, Mum. Before you go, I can help you down the stairs. How many years did you teach Scripture for? Ten. So, from that point where Mum said she couldn't, she then taught Scripture for ten years at Bombardier Primary School and saw hundreds and hundreds of kids come through that where she sewed the kingdom and God's message into it. And I remember the kids, you know, years later coming to youth and they were in high school and they said, I remember your mum from Bomedary Primary School because she taught them scripture. And like that legacy, those seeds that were sown, we'll never know the harvest, but it's because she said yes. It's because she got over herself and she said yes. And the amount of lives that were touched by that, who knows? So good. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's what I talked about. All right, cool. Why don't you grab your partner's hand if you're with your partner? If you're not, oh no, we're just going to lift our hands. Who
1: cares? Sorry. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> <Good communication. laughs> Marriage one hundred and one, right here. Um, I, I just before we do that, why don't we just respond? Like, why don't we just lift our own hands as a sign of surrender? Because I just think there's something so special on this, and it's a moment for our church community to say, Lord, we just, we come before you, and we just lay down our life for you. Yeah. Yeah. Not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. Less of me and more of you, Lord. And as you're just standing there, why don't you just, just do that in your own heart, just Just recommit yourself just to say, Lord, it's not about me. It's not about, it's about you. And I want to be a living sacrifice, holy, set apart for your service and for what you have. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We surrender to you, Lord. We surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus. Surrender all, all to you, Lord. Accept our worship, Lord. We surrender our lives to you. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Just surrender to Him. Just surrender to Him. Thank you, Lord. It's not about me. It's all about you, Jesus. And if you have made it about you, I just encourage you, just repent. Just just repent in your heart. Just say, sorry, Lord, I've made it too much about me. But it is all about you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Cause us to be in that zone of faith where you are, Lord.
0: Thank you father. Thank you father. There's just such a sweetness of his presence. There's such a sweetness of his presence. And the thing is is when we die to ourselves, I spoke about it last week. But when we lay ourselves on the altar as living sacrifices, when we present ourselves to him and say we're all in, we're all in. Where there's sacrifice, there's fire. His fire comes and it meets us on the altar. And I just get the sense that as we are in this moment, there's such a a sweetness of his presence. But let the fire of God start to burn. (laughs) Let that burning fire Fan into flame again over you, over your heart, of your sacrifice, that as you submit to him, as you sacrifice to him, as you lay down to him, you're not losing anything, but you're gaining so much in the kingdom. You are gaining so much in terms of what he has for your life. And let it burn. Let it burn up all the insecurity. Let it burn up all the fear. Let it burn up all the doubt. Let it burn up all the anxiety, whatever it is. Let his fire come and consume. May you be set on fire again as you get out of your comfort zone and you just say, yes, Jesus. I put my hand up to you again to say yes to everything that you have for us. And we just pray that we declare that as a church family, just that we would be get out of our comfort zone to see you move, Holy Spirit. That as we talk about revival and seeing your kingdom come, may it not be such fickle words that have no weight, but may we actually declare it with a truth and a conviction that we are all in King Jesus. Set us on fire again as living sacrifices. May we lay down our rights. May we lay down everything for the sake of your cause, God. God to say we are not gonna be comfortable, we are we are gonna get uncomfortable, we are gonna get back into the God zone, into the faith zone, to believe you again. And I just wanna encourage hearts this morning, believe God again, dream again, he is not done, he is not finished, where there's discouragement, where there's disappointment, when you haven't seen what you wanted to see, he is still on the throne, he is still keen. he is still all powerful, all knowing, all glorious, and his will will be done. His will will be done. We declare that as a church, that your kingdom come and your will be done. And so in your heart, where there's discouragement, we just say dream again, believe again, say yes and amen again. Put your hand up in faith again, because when He, when you do that, he can use you. He can use you to see his kingdom and his glory established on this earth, just like he's always intended. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you break us that you break us to a point where we are so whole in you, that you break us down to be whole in you, King Jesus. We just say yes and amen in your mighty name. Amen. It's good. If people want prayer, you're welcome to come down the front. Otherwise, we love you. Gentlemen, get excited for tonight. um, 6 p.m., And we'll see you next week for our miracle offering and our revival night. Oh my gosh, get prepared. It's going to be good. Amen. We love you. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.